This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. The preamble to the Declaration of Independence is the very first paragraph of the whole document, and it sets the tone of the country, also known as the United States of America, during the Independence War of developing and creating a great country. And these are the words it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Going to talk to you about that, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and how all men are created equal. We're also gonna discuss the communist techniques that they use for racial division. What are some of the techniques that they use? Racial agitation. What does racial agitation mean? Also, we're going to tell you about exposing the woke industrial complex. So why is all these businesses become woke? Last but not least, we're going to end with critical race theory Going to be a big show, and I think you need to listen because you may actually learn some things that you've never heard of before and should have been told a long time ago, even when we were in grade school. These are the things that we should have known that was going on in our country. So you got to lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. If all men are created equal, then why do we have such racial disparity in the world? Simple, we are fallen from God. We have lost the grace of God and the understanding that all people really are created equal by God. It's that simple. However, there is political structures on this planet that are using race as a tool to destroy countries. And they're doing that with the United States, and they've been doing it for years. Over a hundred years, this has been going on, and it's just now getting to the point where everybody's recognizing it. So here's an article from the Project for a New American Government. It's called Communist Techniques of Using Racial Division. Again, I'm not going to read the full article, just parts of it. And this was dated December 1st of 2014. Racial division is an old technique used by socialists to gain support among minorities in countries they wish to create a revolution. Here is an excerpt from modernhistoryproject.org. In the book, A Racial Program for the 20th Century, published in 1913 by Israel Cohen of the Fabian Society, he wrote, wait a minute. What's the Fabian Society? 
Well, I'm glad you asked that, Gunny, that. Let me tell you what it is. The Fabian Society is a British socialist organization whose purpose is to advance the principles of democratic socialism via a gradualist and reformist effort in democracies rather than by revolutionary overthrow. Gradualists, little bit at a time, nickel and dime the country to death until it's full-blown socialism. And that's what they've been doing for years. So he further talks about what the 20th century racial program is about. We must realize that our party's most powerful weapon is racial tension. By propounding into the consciousness of the dark races that for centuries have been oppressed by the whites, we can mold them to the program of the Communist Party. In America, we will aim for subtle victory. Again, this is Israel Cohen of this Fabian society. While inflaming the Negro minority against the whites, we will instill in the whites as a guilt complex for the exploitation of the Negroes. We will aid the Negroes to rise to prominence in every walk of life, in the professions, and in the world of sports and entertainment with this prestige. The Negroes will be able to intermarry with the whites and begin a process which will deliver America to our cause. This is from 1913. You heard that, right? 1913, long time ago in the history of America, right? No, not really that too long ago. Well, how come we don't know all about this? How come we didn't know that this Fabian society existed? They're going to use race to separate us, and that's what they're doing. Okay, so communists use racial agitation as terrorists. Okay, they use this war of the races against each other for a purpose. It's for a communist revolution. So now we're going from a little bit at a time to exploding. This is towards the final phase of turning a country into communism. Is now they've got to get the factions to fight against each other and commit some type of atrocities against each other. And then, lo and behold, this massive government's going to stand up and they're going to become in charge and everybody's going to be happy because now we got a government that's going to take care of everything. So E... Edward or G. Edward Griffin explains how, since at least the 1920s, communists have had plans to use racial agitation, violence, and socialism for communist revolution in America. I've played this guy before, sound clips from him, but this is another one that we need to hear. And again, this is from 1950, and he talks about the 1920s. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, 
violence and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. Here is a book that I think ought to be in every home library. It's entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. He joined the party as a young man because he honestly believed that the communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. And when he woke up to this, he dropped out of the party and devoted the rest of his life trying to alert his fellow citizens of all races to the true nature of the Communist Party as he knew it to be from the inside. Manning Johnson said, Black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion, demoralization and panic would set in. Then finally the Reds say, workers stop work. Many of them seize arms by attacking arsenals. Street fights become frequent. Under the leadership of the Communist Party, the workers organize revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising. Armed workers seize the principal government offices, invade the residences of the president and his cabinet members, arrest them, declare the old regime abolished, establish their own power. Now, the book that Edward Griffin is talking about was written by Manning Johnson, a black man that was a communist for years, and then his eyes got opened up. And he wrote those words that you just heard about racial agitation and taking over everything and so forth. So this is a book that a black man wrote. This is not like, you know, the police in Chicago in the 1920s or gang members, you know, or Al Capone. This is a black man experiencing the truth of communism and realizing America is not like this. And I've got to do everything to stop it. So he left the Communist Party and started doing something about it by writing this book. So what we see is how the communists are, are gearing up the populace and splitting us into factions and different groups based on our color, our beliefs, all of that. They're separating us so that eventually some big government can come back and take us all back and, and quote, unite us together. But we're going to be united under communism, not freedom. That's the issue that we're talking about. Racial issues is not good for a country. Get that. Understand that. But we can't unite if they're separating us. We have to go back to the preamble of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal, which they are. And when they wrote this, they wasn't talking about men like man-men. The word men back then meant every, every people, all people, no matter what race, color, sex you were, all people were considered men, man, human beings, humans, men. That's what that meant. Not that the, all man or men were created equal just because you're a man, you're equal to another man. No, everybody was equal. And that's why the country became the greatest on the planet since the beginning of time. So let's move on and talk about this industrial complex, these big tech people and the cancel culture 
and doing all of this stuff. A lot of times people don't realize that these big companies have to follow this culture. If they don't follow the culture, they lose big money. So therefore, the culture is headed towards this way. So they're going to be woke just like the culture is. And this is why they follow this wokeness. I can't really explain it, but Charlie Kirk and an individual that he brought on called Christopher Rufo can definitely explain it. So this is a portion of Charlie Kirk's, pod, Charlie Kirk's podcast on March the 13th with Christopher Ruffin. And my history is different. I could trace the Kirks coming back to America in 1620. Uh, our specific bloodline uh, served in every American war, including the Revolutionary War and the Civil War on the Union side. And so we are on the right side of history, people would say. But you know what? That doesn't make me a better person. I, I, I get no sort of intergenerational, strange, paganistic, moral high ground because of something that my ancestors did in 1850 or 60. It doesn't make me a better person. I have to act on my own agency and my own character. Why does it feel like, Christopher, and maybe this is an obvious question, and I mean this completely seriously, like we've all lost our minds. Why does it seem as if that the bearings of Aristotelian logic and reason and common sense as if is it because that we've actually we got into a place where things were just so stable that we now are bored and we have to blow it up and reconsider our notions? Or is it that there is an intelligence behind the critical race theorist? Or is it so foolish said by smart people that people believe it? Yeah, I think it's a kind of contagious idea. And even though it's at odds with reality as most people live it, um, it's it's really kind of actually astonishing. Their success in taking these ideas from obscure academic journals in the 90s to now being the dominant ideology across all essentially all major American institutions, especially the public institutions, uh, is really to their credit. And I think part of it is that uh, Americans are not really uh, are not really kind of capable of resisting this ideology because what they do is they construct it like a mousetrap. They basically say, if you don't agree with us, that is evidence of your yes. white fragility, evidence of your internalized white supremacy, e evidence of your uh, you know, internalized uh, racism. And then these kind of words are enormously powerful because I think most Americans are good people. They're not racist. They, they want to do everything in their power uh, to help others. And just the accusation has such power that it silences people who would otherwise disagree. And you see, therefore, that they've used this uh, rhetoric as a battering ram into the institutions. And then once they gain a foothold, they really just take them over. And I think that this is a kind of mutation of the thought of the left um, that draws on uh, and has sought out and, and all of these weak points in American culture and has exploited them masterfully to the point where we have now large institutions that are repeating their slogans, even though you know that they don't believe in it. Um, but they found they found really no way to resist it, no way to voice opposition, no way to push back, uh, even in institutions that have been kind of middle of the road, rational and logical places uh, historically. I don't have to comment or add to that because it explains itself exactly what this racist ideology of wokeness is and why it's infiltrated and what's happening and how it's growing and being cultivated in this country. So Christopher Rufo does a great job of, of explaining that along with Charlie Kirk.
So I'm going to move to the last subject here before we close. And it's critical race theory, which a lot of this revolves around now. So now they're creating policies to put inside the education system to now further indoctrinate our students and our kids into this critical race theory. It's a divide and conquer tactic by the communists. And this is from the Federalists. The lady who wrote this, her name is Stella Morabito, September 29th of 2020. Critical race theory is a classic communist divide and conquer tactic. Of all the ways identity politics is used as a tool to sow hatred among people where there should be the uh, potential for friendship, critical race theory is the one of the gravest offenders. Every person of goodwill should know that judging people based on their physical characteristics is cruel and wrong. And she further goes on. This is not the nature of critical race theory, however. Rather, the insidious ideology is being used to promote estrangement rather than friendship and hostility rather than goodwill. Indeed, the tactics used by proponents of critical race theory share many parallels with old tactics used by the Bokovich. It's important to remember that because very few of its activists have shown much sincere desire to end racism, critical race theory should not be taken entirely at face value. If a majority of its supporters were sincere, they would be willing to have a fruitful discussion in a civil society that supports civil discourse. Rather, critical race theories agitates or commit to tearing down city and civil society on the pretense that it is an incubator for systematic racism. There you have it. There's systematic racism, so therefore they're using critical race theory to break it down, to break the country down. Can't put it any better than that, of how the communists use this to conquer and divide. So it's very important we understand exactly what's going on so we can talk to these liberals and our families and have a discussion about what the truth is and why they're being blinded and put through the ringer of an unbelievable, ridiculous failure of an ideology in this country. And I sure hate to see America turn up like China and, and those other places, Venezuela and so forth. But we're sure headed down that road. Okay, before I finish, I want to let you guys know something. I screwed up on the last podcast, and I want to apologize for that. I got a picture from someone that said that Biden was giving his talk, and behind him were flags of different countries. That is not the truth. Those were not flags from different countries. They were state flags in the White House while he was talking. Again, I didn't see the presentation. I didn't see him talking to the nation. I just assumed that my friend knew what he was talking about. And I failed you. I did not investigate and make sure that it was the truth. Therefore, I apologize. It is not the truth. 
He did not have flags from different countries in his background. But I will tell you this. He is a tyrant, and he is a dictator, and he will embellish communism in the next four years if we don't do something about it. It's really that simple. So you got to stand up, you got to speak up, and you got to show up, do something, talk to somebody, protest, whatever it takes to let your voice heard, especially to your legislators, state and federal, that enough is enough. This is the Gunny out.